and welcome. It's a good morning and uh, very happy to have everyone here. Full house. I think my mic might need to be turned up just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, hey, if you are here this morning for the first time as a visitor or a guest, if you are coming to be a part of the uh, the celebration of baptisms, and you've been invited here. Special welcome to you. So glad you're with us. I trust that you feel welcome and at home. Um, and uh, you should have got a bulletin on your way in if you'd like any more information about details about our church, what we're doing, what's coming up in the days ahead, things and ways you can connect. Um, there, are, there is a connect card. You can fill that out and uh, return it to one of our greeters at the front greeting table. And they'll be happy to get any information that would be helpful to you and also put a Lakeview coffee cup in your hands as a uh, thank you for being with us here this morning. I also want to invite everyone to hang out afterwards because we're having a taco party. So, uh, so today is just a big conglomerate. This is not a normal Sunday, um, but it's not normal in the best way possible because uh, we've not only had the chance to celebrate communion together, we're going to have uh, baptisms together. And, uh, well, not together, just a few of you guys. <laughs> this pool is not big enough for everyone. Um, but we get to witness and be a part of such a special, uh, special moment. And, um, and we also uh, have the chance today to, uh, to celebrate and to uh, pray for and just, uh, I guess, give just blessings to uh, the Schutz family as they are going to be leaving, uh, heading down to... Uh, Pennsylvania to to be with family and uh, this kind of chapter in um, in 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 their I guess story um, is coming to a close. There's a next chapter ahead, uh, but we want to just take a moment uh, this morning and uh, recognize them, pray for them, and and really what I would like to do is to just express my gratitude to God for their presence in this church and the blessings that they've. Um, given by being a part of this church. Some of you know uh, John and Donna, some of you don't, uh, but you may uh, just a little bit before we're done here this morning. Um, I was reminded in Acts 18, Paul went to uh, Athens and uh, he went to this new place. It's in Acts 18. It says, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. He went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And this this couple, um, who they had in common the uh, you know this occupation, they also had um, this shared passion for the Lord, shared passion for the things of God, for the people of God, and they became partners in ministry over several years. And We've been blessed, I've been blessed pastorally over the years. God has brought the right people um, here to provide for what our needs have been through different seasons and chapters in, in incredible ways. And so when I think of, um, of Aquila and Priscilla, I, I do, I think of, uh, of John and Donna. And um, I think that uh, the Lord has given the precious gift of people um, to his people. And uh, just to give you guys a little bit of backdrop, a little bit of story, um, way before this church was even a vision in my head, in my mind, 
Um, I had started back in 1995 my very first full-time ministry assignment. I was a youth pastor at the First First Baptist Church in Brewster, about five miles down the road from here. Um, Diane and I had just gotten married. Uh, We were full of enthusiasm, and I had very, very little experience. Um, They took a big chance hiring this young guy to be a full-time youth pastor and um, I spent five years there, uh, learned so much, got exposed to so many things. And it was there that I was introduced to, uh, to, to John and Donna, um, two of the most passionate Christ followers uh, that I've come across in, in my adult life. And uh, John at the time was a uh, elder of the church. Donna was actually on staff with me. She was a part of the pastoral staff there. And uh, they made an impact on my life there and invested in me in significant ways. So I just want to share a couple of stories that, again, predates Lakeview. Um, But uh, during my time there, probably my first year of ministry there, someone convinced me to organize this big youth rally. And it probably wasn't the best idea, um, but we organized it anyway. And part of organizing it meant investing a significant amount of financial, um, just capital to get this overnight youth thing going, this outreach, and, and it bombed. Like, it was, it was not a success at all. We had like 30 people signed up for it, which we needed like 200. And I was so young um, in my experience. I was actually very new to the church. I wasn't quite sure what it was going to be like. Is, is my job in jeopardy? Um, are they going to, you know, make me pay for this myself? And and I was so nervous as, I don't know if I was 25 years old or what, but I, this has never happened but since then or before then, but I actually, I actually broke out in hives. I was, that's how nervous I was. And I don't really, that's not me. It's not that, I'm just not that way, but I was. And, um, and I went to the elder meeting and sat down and, you know, kind of had to express my concern, just my nervousness, my just trepidation about this event that was going to bomb. And John spoke out. He probably doesn't even remember this. Um, but he said, don't give that a second thought. This is an investment in the kingdom. And we, we invest and we leave the results up to God. And, um, you know, those of you who know Johnny, you know, he's a man of faith. Um, and you have no idea what the power of those words were in my life at that time. That was just so significant, um, and it really helped me. Uh, here we are, what, 25 years later plus, just to grow in that way, in, in ways of just trusting God. Um, and so thank you, John, for modeling that then, and then all these years later, you're continuing to model that. You're continuing. Any conversation you have with John, you're, there's a very good chance you know he's going to tell you, trust God. He's going to call you to trust God, and we need people to call us to trust God more um, because we don't, and it's so easy to just play it safe. So uh, I just rejoice at that, and, um, and so Donna as well um, has invested in my life in significant ways. Donna, you might remember this. Um, this was after I had finished that, at church there. I had finished seminary, got my Master's of Divinity, and we were setting out kind of just setting the groundwork for this church. And I had, a, I had, a, I had an office over there, and, um, and I had this passion in my heart for preaching the word of God. 
But again, I was so young, I didn't know how to do it. I was still struggling with putting some of the pieces of the toolbox together. And um, Donna, do you remember I called you up and I said, can, can you teach me how to teach? <laughs> because she had such passion and such a, uh, just this ability to communicate truth. And I wanted that. And so uh, she was willing. She came in and we just sat down and uh, went through. Here's how I put an outline together. Here's the things that we think of. And, uh, and I, I learned everything you know, that she had to taught me. And, and so thank you, Donna, for doing that. Um, that is one of, or I guess, two of many, many stories that, uh, that we could tell over the seasons here. Um, well, I guess, you know, if you basically, uh, many years later, um, they came here to, to Lakeview uh, along with Stacy and Jim. And uh, we just have had the blessing I don't know how long it's been. It's been six years. I, I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to remember. I can't, I can't remember how long you guys have been here. It feels like forever, um, but uh, but you guys have invested deeply in this church body. So many people um, have been blessed because of your presence, and so and so. Thank you. Uh, I, I, and this is their last Sunday, um, and so so I want to ask you guys to come up, and we just want to pray for you. Um, and I want to thank you as you do come up, and Felix as well. We can, we can just pray for them. Um, thank you for being models um, to us of what a passionate Christ follower looks like, for building up God's people here. And, um, and so, you know, what, what, I want to, what I want to challenge the rest of us with is that they're going. And so there's going to be a, there's going to be a gap um, you know, of people who just pour themselves out, not just for the Lord, which is one thing, but for the Lord's people and uh, really are a part of what church is about and embrace that. And you know there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly with that when you're mixing it up with God's people because we are a package deal. There's a lot, of, a lot of baggage that comes with that. So um, I just want to challenge you guys uh, to, to continue to um, to. to continue on what they've, what they've been doing. Um, John and Donna, you guys have, uh, I know I've heard, uh, I've heard several times, um, over these past few years, uh, that Donna and John have had it on their hearts, um, to finish well. That has been a passion um, that they've been intentional about, that they don't want to just go that route of, okay, we're senior citizens now, let's just kind of fade off into obscurity and retirement and let everyone else <laughs> do that. <laughs> so, all right, I'm trying to dig myself out of that one. Um, but uh, this is not the last chapter. This is not the last season. There are Absolutely several seasons not. ahead. We don't know how long, but... Um, but but we do want to say is you have you have done well here. Work with me, come on. <laughs> um, so thank you, yes, thank you for all that you have done, and uh, we just look forward to all the ways the Lord will bless you. They're they're like moving their whole clan is down in Allentown, somewhere around Allentown area, Bethlehem. 
Bethlehem. So uh, anytime you're in that area, um, see them, and maybe we just start like a, a daughter church down there or something like that. Who knows? Um, I'm going to ask Felix to pray for you guys. Father, we thank you. We thank you for my brother. We thank you for my sister. Master, we just hold them up to you today for your blessing, for your guidance. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus to surround them with your outstretched arm. And Father God, to, 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 to surround them with your Holy Ghost fire that no plans of the enemy ever touched them. Master, you are the God of light. So shine through them, Lord God, your light. That everywhere they go, everywhere they sit, everywhere they stand, everywhere they lay their head, your light shines. And those that encounter, those that encounter them, Lord God, know that they are your children, children of light. Father, I'm asking, Lord God, that when your light shines, darkness disappears around them, Lord God, wherever they go. Master, use them as your tools, as your vessel. Master, to expand your kingdom here on earth, that wherever they go, they are known to be yours and yours alone. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah, what a, what a blessing. Please uh, take time. They're going to be at the uh, luncheon afterwards, so uh, take time to uh, just uh, say goodbye to them. And um, we are also, this morning, um, celebrating baptisms, and uh, that's something we do a couple of times a year, and I want to say thank you, first of all, to the men's group that they set up our pool here yesterday, filled it up. Um, we got the new plumbing lines. And so we have a new well that has, so we were able to fill it up. The good news is we were able to fill it up and not have to worry about flushing the toilets. The toilets still flush. Um, the, the not so good news is that there's still a little bit of sediment in that um, well that's been sitting vacant for about 20 years. So, um, so now, this morning, we have the authentic um, Jordan baptism experience, okay? <laughs> this is no bathtub water. It's a little bit of, um, you know, just Holy Spirit sediment that's going to be <laughs> evident in that. Um, but, uh, but what's happening here this morning is a bit of a mile marker in the journey of faith. Some of you have cross that mile marker. And you know what I'm talking about. This is an opportunity, a way for an individual to demonstrate publicly uh, that they are on the Jesus team, that uh, I am with Jesus. And, and, and baptism is actually, uh, logistically, it's, it's the second step in the walk, in, in the journey of following Jesus. Uh, the first step is to believe. The second step is baptism. So, so believing is the first, that, is the first step. And, and when we say believing, it's, it's not just 
oh, yes, I believe that Jesus is real. I believe in God. Um, that kind of just like cognitive assent. What we're talking about is personal belief. Uh, we call it faith or trust, believing that Jesus is who he said he is, the eternal son of God, uh, full divinity, who came from heaven as a man to live here on this earth. He lived a sinless life that none of us have ever lived. And then he went to the cross and he died as a sacrifice for our sins so we could be forgiven, so we can be reconciled, so we can be reconnected, so we can be restored to that right relationship with God that we were intended to, um, to, to live with. That's how we were created originally. And, and then after three days of being dead, Jesus rose from the grave. He defeated death and resurrected back to life eternal, which means that we are able to actually have a connection, a relationship with him because he's alive. So he's not just someone that we talk about and we honor. We, we relate to him. We relate to him as a part of our daily lives um, as Lord, which means that his relationship, our relationship with him is the primary one. It's the relationship that bleeds into all the other relationships we have, every other aspect of life that we go through. And so that's that's belief, saving faith. It, it embraces all that. Um, it's believing that what Jesus did, he did for me. And that, that in some way, um, it's, it's, it's responding to, to God's lead, to God's pursuit of our lives, bringing us to that place where we have to respond to him in faith. And, and we're going to hear some of the details, some of the stories of how that happened um, in just a few minutes. And I think what you're going to find fascinating is, at least I did, is that everybody's journey of faith is so different. Um, and God has so many ways of, of grabbing hold of our lives and bringing us to that place where we have to deal uh, with him. And uh, this, this may be an appropriate place to just say that um, maybe he's doing that in your life right now this morning. You, he's, been, he's been dealing with you, bringing to a place where you have to respond and um, come to a place of decision. Uh, he wants you to trust in him. And, and if that is the case, I, I want to tell you, you cannot outrun him. Uh, there is no outrunning God, and I look forward to you responding, because we're going to be doing this again in the, in the spring, right before Easter, and, and maybe this is the day where you respond in belief and then uh, you're the next one to be baptized. Uh, so, um, so after belief, the step after that is baptism. And both belief and baptism, as we understand it, as we practice it here in this church, we see them as individual decisions. In other words, these are not choices that can be made for you. These are choices that need to be made personally. So no one is born a believer uh, we choose to believe. Um, the same applies to baptism. It's, it can't be done for you. It's, it's, it's an expression of an individual decision, a choice. That's always been the biblical pattern that uh, one follows after the other. Uh, belief is first. The step after is baptism. So you can look all throughout the book of Acts. Um, it says in Acts 8 that when they believed Philip, then when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Later on in, in chapter 16, for 
One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. So she believed, and then she was baptized. One, one other example is Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household. They believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard him believed, and they were baptized. So I'm just pointing out that this is how we do it. It may be a little different from some of the traditions you're familiar with, uh, but we just take it from, from Scripture, from, from, from the Bible. And, and baptism, it, it really is like a, a welcome party. Welcome, welcome to Jesus putting on his jersey, being a part of his team. Or it's a way, it's actually a very personal statement of faith. This is who I am. A, a public acknowledgement that I am, my life is about Jesus. And, and I don't need to tell you that it's, it's kind of a strange kind of initiation step, right? If you kind of think about it, I mean, we're so many centuries of, um, removed from when it was first initiated, but that idea of, okay, you know, jump in a pool and go underwater and then come out again, that sounds like some kind of um, fraternity hazing ritual gone wrong almost, right? Um, but it's, it's not. And, and I promise I am not going to hold anyone down under the water <laughs> for more than 30 seconds. No, just kidding. <laughs> quick down, quick up. Um, but the reason, the reason, part of the reason we do it, the first reason is that Jesus said, uh, make disciples, baptizing them. So this is primarily, it's a step of obedience. Lord, you are, you are in charge of my life, and this first step of obedience is following what you say to do with my life, uh, to be baptized. And, and there's also a very rich and deep significance. It's an illustration, this um, what we call baptism by immersion, which is the dunk, not the dribble. Um, you know, so we don't just sprinkle with, a, you know, with just a couple of drops of water. It's, it's full immersion um, because that's an illustration of what it means uh, to be identified with Jesus in both his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So, um, so what's going to happen here in a few minutes is the guys are going to be over here. They're going to come into the pool through here, and they're going to go down, up, and then out the other side. And, um, and, so, and so it's this illustration that there is a person, um, each of us who are Christ followers, there was a time when we were not following Christ, when he was not a reality in our lives. And the Bible calls that, describes it as the old self, um, the one that predates our walk with him, the one that according to Ephesians 2 was dead in transgressions and sins. And so that's illustrative of the one who comes into the baptismal tank. Um, and then the one that goes under the water, um, that identifies us with, with Jesus' death, with his burial. That when he died, that old me died with him there as well. That's why it's actually sometimes the, the baptism is called the water grave. And then the one who comes out um, is the new you. It is the you in Christ, drenched in the Holy Spirit, made alive to God in a way that you weren't before, with new desires, a new drive to please him, to live for him in, in such a profound way that, like Paul says it, and I think we, we sign our name to the bottom of this verse that he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer with, live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's, that's the symbolism of the ceremony. It's just this way of identifying that's, that's me, that's who I am. My life is so bound up with Jesus that he's a part of everything. He's not just this little religious compartment that I take out once a week on Sundays from 10.30 to 11.30 and then put him back in the draw and go on with the rest of my life. No, he bleeds into every area. Every part of my life is bound up in him. And so, um, and so as we do that, as we move forward this, I do want to just uh, address those who are being baptized this morning and, and challenge you um, that... Uh, that there is this new life to cultivate, this new identity to grab hold of. And, and I love what Second Peter says in chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. It says, Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, God just has, he has a plan for our lives. There is something there to grab hold of, and there's an active part of that that every one of us has to pursue. And so as I'm addressing you, I'm reminding all of us, this is, this is our call to keep on pushing forward, taking intentional steps, because like any, any relationship, there's no neutral. We're all the time either moving forward or we're moving backwards, but we're very seldom standing still and staying still. Um, and so there's just this incredible opportunity. I'm so excited that God has brought you to the place where you're at, and I just look forward to seeing uh, everything that he has in store for you. I just want to say that you are never alone um, that's one of the beautiful things of having Christ in your life and the community of faith. So if you look around here, there, are, there is a room full of people who are just excited out of their shoes about what you guys are doing here this morning. This is really the most exciting service probably of the any ones that we do. Uh, but you're, you're never alone. God is with you. Even in those times when it feels like there is no person on this planet to stand beside you, the Lord is always with you. And he has a great plan for your lives. And so uh, we're going to just transition. I've spoken enough. I'm going to let these guys do a little more of the speaking. And uh, if you just give me um, just a few minutes, we're gonna, Diane's going to lead us in a song, and we're going to transition to our time of baptisms. We're just going to sing that chorus of goodness of God that we sang. All my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. Oh, right over here. Yep.
before you call me a kiss. I'll try not to cry or embarrass myself or anybody else. So, yes. Um, I grew up knowing of Jesus, uh, but not having a personal relationship with him. There were tons of people in my life who were Christians, and they seemed to be the most stable people around me. And so I think unconsciously, I knew that there was something there but I didn't necessarily know what it meant. Um, And I believed in God because I had experiences as a depressed and suicidal teenager where God spoke to me and saved my life and intervened. Um, But I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, So uh, fast forward (laughs) to uh, February of this year when uh, I was driven by anxiety and worry about a family matter to wake up before the sun rose and was just agonizing over what I should do, what family members should do. And I decided to pray, um, mainly because my iPad had that little Bible verse of the day app that popped up and I thought, okay, maybe I'll turn it over to God. And uh, he very clearly spoke to me and didn't even address what I was praying to him about. Instead, what he told me was that all of the blessings that my husband and I had, he gave us, and he had protected us all this time, and it was time for me to pay him back. And I knew in that moment that I was supposed to give my life over. I knew that it was Jesus, that it wasn't just God. And that night, I not only gave him myself and my soul, and taking him as my Lord and Savior, but I told him that I'd give my family over as well. Um, After that, everything changed. I started to read the Bible. Slowly, he drove the rest of my family towards him. Uh, Everything changed. I I became a better wife. I became a better mother. I became a better family member. Um, We found this church who... uh, Everybody in it has become second family members who I just light up and feel so filled by. And more than anything else, I realized that the discontentment, the feeling of never being satisfied, that that was the result of having that God-sized hole in my heart and that it's filled now. And the anxiety that I was initially worried about um, it, it's there's the Psalm 34, four, it says, you know, I, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I don't have those fears anymore because I know that he's in control and he's with me. So I just all glory be to him. And now I live every day for him, for his satisfaction and to bring as many people as I can to Jesus. Thank you.
Hello? Okay. I am not um, the speaker like my sister, so I'll be reading from my phone. <laughs> um, 2020 marked one of the toughest years for everyone. It was such a year full of fear, hate, and death in the world. Um, however, the pandemic wasn't only, was only a piece of why 2020 was life-changing for me. It was the year I was diagnosed with cancer. Prior to cancer, I had everything a 24-year-old um, could dream of. The career, car, the fast, fun life. But no matter what I added to my life, I always felt alone or like something was missing. I at first saw cancer as my penalty of sin. Um, it must be my karma. However, it wasn't. It was a stepping stone to my rebirth. I don't remember much from my days of going through chemo, but I hear many stories about the bad thing, about how bad things got, not just for me, but for my family and my partner who watched me wither away. The memories I do have, though, seem like the toughest times for me because it was the times I thought I was alone. Like when I was told after trying IVF that the chemotherapy was so strong I may never have kids. Or the nights when the nights when I felt so sick and so weak that I could, all I could do was beg for strength and cry. And there's so many more of those gut-wrenching moments, but although I felt alone each time, I always found myself turning to God, even when I didn't know what that actually meant. Not one time did I think that I could not survive it. My doctor told me that chemo can't save you by itself. You have to mentally think you will, save, you will make it. And I'm convinced my faith in God literally saved my life. There are these lyrics from a gospel song called Worth. They go, you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth healing. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know. God knew I needed to be pushed to take the steps to invite Christ into my life. And though, they, and though cancer is such a terrible thing, it forced me to realize I am never alone. The Lord not only cleaned the cancer out of my body, but also cleaned me up spiritually. The money, the career, the clothes don't matter when you put Jesus at the center of your life. I'm a walking testimony of how far trusting Jesus will get you. My daughter, Ryan... Is a walking testimony. She is walking proof of what God can do for you when you put him at the center of your life. Just two years after chemo, I gave birth to my beautiful baby girl. She is my miracle. I prayed so much for her. More than I've ever prayed for anything else. And my prayers were answered tenfold. I say all of this to say I give myself and my family to you, Lord. I put my faith in you. Each day you will be at the center of my life. I want to thank my family. They have each played a large role in my journey. Thank you to my grandmother and my mother for always outwardly and openly praising the Lord. Thank you to my partner, Vani, who couldn't be here today for always supporting me in this journey. And to my sisters and brothers in Christ. Thank you for taking this step with me today and beginning our new life with Jesus together. Thank you.
Well, uh, I'd always sort of imagined that baptism would be something that uh, would come after years of sort of deep theological study and meditation and prayer and uh, it's something you had to level up to. You know, you did, you reach a certain point and then you reach the next level and it was uh, actually came in a flash when Jay Johnson, who's become a wonderful uh, spiritual counselor and mentor for me, said, you should get baptized. And uh, I thought about it a moment and suddenly it felt right. And um, I've long struggled to get kind of in agreement with God, trying to understand his purpose and his plan for me, and uh, get angry sometimes when things didn't work out the way they should. And I'd say, you know, God, I don't understand. I prayed so hard. I asked for this, and I don't understand. I asked you, God, I was a good and faithful servant. Why Why didn't this happen? And I, I prayed on those things as I thought about getting baptized, and I thought, you know, what, you know, why did the things I asked for pan out? How can I, how can I move forward? And a voice came to me into my head, and I don't think it was my own, and it said, you know, stop worrying about what you're asking of God and start worrying about what he's asking of you. And uh, that was pretty powerful. And One of my favorite Bible verses is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Um, and there are other translations of that verse that use the word alone, the, for I alone know the plans that I have for you. So maybe it's time for me to stop second-guessing God and saying he knows the plans he has for me. And, um, it's, today's a powerful first step in, in trusting in the plans of God and Jesus Christ and trusting his process and trusting his wisdom. And more importantly, most importantly for me, it's a declaration of becoming the man that I want to be for the people who matter the most in my life, my wife and my two children. Uh, they are... They are my reason for being. They are my greatest accomplishment, unquestionably. And uh, my children, they're grown now. They're older, but they still inspire me to be a better man and a better father. And uh, you're always learning and you're always growing. And my wife, I mean, she's, she's everything. She's my everything. She is, she's given everything to me, and she deserves nothing less from me. Um, and she has always striven for us to have a stronger and more meaningful and deeper relationship with God and this baptism today, um, as Jay called it, it's putting a stake in the ground. It's my commitment to living a life of faith, living a life in the light and the salvation of Jesus Christ, and walking, taking that walk in faith together with my wife and with my family, and forging and strengthening that relationship. Good morning. How are you? Um, my name is Joanna. I didn't really write anything because I felt that I would have to say it from the heart. <clears throat> I grew up as a Catholic, um, never really knowing God, just going to church every Sunday and basically just saying my prayers as a, as a Catholic girl would do. Went to Catholic school. <clears throat> never really picked up the Bible. My mother goes to church every single Sunday. Um, you know, believing in God. Um, 
probably about six years ago, um, my son has been dealing with a lot of health issues. Um, and I basically got on my hands and knees and prayed that he would heal him, that he would bring him peace, that he would be the kind of person that he needed to be. Um, and then this big gentleman walked into my store. His name was Jay and wanted to come in and get glasses. Um, started talking to him and he started talking about God and the Bible and started asking me if I grew up Catholic, Christian, um, and that was the day I gave myself to God. We spoke for two hours in my store, and I asked him and told him would he talk to my son, Jerry, and he said yes. He came three hours later after the store had closed, and he sat with my son, and my son gave his life that day to Jesus as well. And the Bible that Jay gave me, I continue to read each and every day. And I pray to God each day and ask him to please restore me. Help me to be a better child of God. Help me to know God. Help the Holy Spirit to lead me to be a better mother, a better person. Um, I read the Bible every day, all the, vices, all the verses that I read. My favorite one, of course, is Psalms 91. Um, I wanted to get baptized. We talked about it. Um, and then one day... Uh, email came from the church and it said, did you want to get baptized? And I said, yes, but an explanation point. (laughs) Then I'm sitting in my store, of course, and my phone rings and this gentleman calls and he's like, is this Joanna? I'm like, "Uh, who's this? He's like, this is Pastor Brian. I'm like, you sure you have the right number? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. He goes, I heard you want to get baptized. And the night before I had read a verse um, about Jesus getting baptized by Um, John, and he said that he wanted him to baptize him, and John says, no, I want you to baptize him. So it was a sign that I needed to turn my life over to Christ, and I wanted to share that moment with my son. So today, I want to get baptized, and I want to give myself to Christ, and I want to be a better mother and a better woman, and I want to help my son become a better man. Hi, my name is John. Uh, A few years back, uh, I got pretty sick. Um, Really scared me health-wise. And I turned to Jay. I knew him from work. And uh, I went to his house, and we talked for a little over an hour. And that was September 22nd, 
2022, and that was the day that I got saved. Um, before I left this house, his wife come home, and they both prayed over me for my health. And it turned around miraculously. And I knew right there it was Jesus that did it. And uh, sorry, I'm a little nervous. When I left this house, a profound calmness came over me, you know. And I knew right there it was Jesus who saved me, and I came to the church. I originally came here with my mother to, she asked me if I wanted to get baptized and I figured uh, I was baptized already because I grew up Catholic and uh, she baptized me as a little kid and I realized now you need to be baptized, you know, you have to be older, when you're older you choose to be baptized. Um, I also met uh, Jay and um, she uh, she did speak for me, my mom, she, she, she told me the story earlier. Um, it was about me. Um, uh, I was mentally, there was something going on with me, and uh, I gave my life to Christ through Jay. And basically, I was saved. I believe it was Jesus. And uh, I came here today to get baptized with my mother. And I think that's a good thing. Amen. 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 <laughs> 